Hello. Welcome to another episode of The Hoop Head, where basketball nerds unite. I am Anthony Valsteros, your host. We're here bringing you another episode today because there's always something going on in basketball. Yesterday, he came back. It's finally time. I got my Carmelo Anthony jersey on. He got signed by the Portland Trailblazers on a non-guaranteed contract. Carmelo Anthony to the Blazers. Seems a little desperate for the Portland Trailblazers only because they are very desperate. Sitting at 4-8, and eight, they are desperate for any kind of scoring. Um, they've been hampered by injuries. They, you know, Yusuf Nurkic got hurt last year. He's still out. We don't know when he's going to come back. December, January, maybe even February. That's their third best player. Zach Collins was supposed to be the guy to step up in the role for them. Um, As their third best player, three games in, hurts his shoulder, is out for four months. One of the biggest blows in the NBA this year. A lot of guys have been hampered by injuries, and it's been very disappointing uh, for basketball fans, and it hurts to see those guys go out there and get hurt. Um, We want to watch them play. We want to support them. We want to see them be successful, and uh, we want to talk about them and their game, but injuries is a part of the game. We saw it with the Golden State Warriors last year. It's one of the most important things in in basketball that we take for granted is health. So the Portland Trailblazers have been hampered by injuries and that's what drove them to to make this signing. Carmelo Anthony, 35 years old, hasn't played on the NBA court in over a year. Last year we saw him get cut actually around this exact time, uh, 10 games into the season for the Houston Rockets when they couldn't guard anybody. Carmelo Anthony wanted a big role on the team which he couldn't get, and um, he had he's come on recently and said that he was willing to take the sixth or seventh or even eighth man on the team um, and play in that role, but it didn't seem like that was the case, and maybe Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets just, they just didn't think he was a good fit anymore. Um, and so this is to hoping that Carmelo Anthony is willing to take a role off the bench, but... Looking at this Blazers roster, he may not even have to. Uh, they have Anthony Tolliver starting, Hassan Whiteside starting, both a couple of guys who shouldn't be their starters uh, for a team that's looking to um, rebound from last year where they made the Western Conference Finals. Those are the guys that you should not be depending on. Rodney Hood has been hurt as well. He's supposed to be their six-man scorer off the bench, and he's just not been healthy. C.J. McCollum has been extremely inconsistent throughout this young season. He's had a few uh, 20-plus point games, but besides that, he's also had a few super downers where there was a a stretch of two games where he went, I think it was 12 for 40 from the field and had a total of 22 points in the span of two games. So he's been extremely up and down. It looked like he was going to make a... A breakthrough in the game against the Hawks that went to overtime when he hit a three-pointer that gave them the lead for good. He reached up to the sky and he was saying, finally, you can see him. You can read his lips. He was saying, finally, finally, I was able to break through. And then the next day, next game, they lay an egg against the Sacramento Kings, who are hampered by injuries themselves without Darren Fox, without Marvin Bagley. A team like the Portland Trailblazers should not be losing games to the Sacramento Kings if they're looking to go to the playoffs. Sitting at 4-8, and they were desperate to make a move. There's a few guys out there. Um, My uncle actually reached out to me. He was like, well, what about Kenneth Freed? 
He's in China. What about Jonathan Simmons? He's playing overseas. Marcin Gortat, I think he's a little bit too old. He's kind of past the point uh, of where he can be a net positive on the floor. And also, that's not exactly what they're looking for. They kind of already have Hassan Whiteside as their big man who rebounds the ball and occasionally can get you a bucket. Marcin Gortat, pretty much the same kind of player, but he actually gives effort where Hassan Whiteside is seen to not give effort a lot of the time. Another, the one guy that I thought they could have signed and it could have been good for them was Jamal Crawford. He played with the Phoenix Suns last year. He still averaged over 17 points a game off of the bench. The final game of the season, he scored 52 points off of the bench. This guy can still get buckets. He's 36 years old. Joe Johnson has, has a roster spot in this league after playing in the big three. Joe Johnson's on the, on the Detroit Pistons. He's the same age as Jamal Crawford. He's extremely less positive than Jamal Crawford has been in his last few years. Joe Johnson hasn't averaged 10 points per game in the NBA since 2016. Jamal Crawford has never averaged less than 10 points per game in the NBA. So to see that he's still out there and they were willing to go with Carmelo Anthony instead is a little bit questioning, but I'm, I'm also wondering the fact that Carmelo was willing to take a non-guaranteed contract. Possibly Jamal Crawford isn't looking for that. He's probably sitting and waiting, kind of Ray Allen style when he was towards the end of his career, waiting for an opportunity to go to a team that he thinks for sure will be a title contender. And maybe he's waiting till later in the season to get signed so he doesn't have to play the full season and he's ready to go when the playoffs come. So that, that's a possibility. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's been waiting for an opportunity to get back in the league. It seems like it was so long ago, but it's only been, it's only been one year, a little over 365 days. I want to say it was when I looked back at the date, it was a week ago last year that he was cut. So he hasn't been out of the game for that long. Uh, obviously, over the last few years of his career, he was a lot less damaging of a player as he was in the past. If anything, he was more damaging to the teams that he was on. It was hard for him to stay on the floor because his lack of defensive ability. It was hard for him to transition to this new style of basketball where three-pointers just rain down almost 50% of the time for teams. A lot of the teams in the league right now are shooting three-pointers around 40% of the time. So when you're a pure scorer like Carmelo Anthony, the teams are probably going to ask you, can you shoot more three-pointers? That's not his game. He's a mid-range shooter. If we look at guys like DeMar DeRozan right now, DeMar DeRozan took one three-pointer in the entire season last year with the San Antonio Spurs, and he was still extremely effective, and they made the playoffs. So if the Portland Trailblazers, if Terry Stotts is willing to be okay with him not shooting as many three-pointers as the Rockets had him shoot, I think he could be effective. I, could, I think he can average anywhere from 8 to 12 points per game. That's not a lot, obviously, for Carmelo Anthony. But at 35 years old, if he's able to give them anywhere from 8 to 12 points from a starting position or even from the bench, bench position in anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes per game, that's going to help them because they're not getting scoring from anywhere else except for Damian Lillard right now. And on some nights, C.J. McCollum. They've had Anthony Simons come off the bench and have a few good games, but he's only 20 years old and he's not quite ready for the moment. He only played 10 games last season, and it's 10 games into this season. So even though it is technically his second year, he's very young, and it's, it's 
not really fair for the Blazers to be asking him to be the third guy on the team right now. And that's why they went out and made the signing. So it it has I've seen a lot of uh, people kind of bag on the Blazers for this move. I've seen a lot of people say Carmelo Anthony is damaging to the teams that he's been on, and that is true, and that has been true. But for a team that is looking for a guy who can be a veteran presence and who can score either in a starting role or off the bench, this is what they're looking for. Uh, some names that I've been expecting them to try to make a move for are Kevin Love and Danilo Gallinari. But what are those teams asking for in trades? Anthony Simons is a good up-and-coming young player, but I'm not sure if he's exactly the type of player that you would that oh, those teams would accept for guys like that. They would obviously want assets and uh, future draft picks. If Anthony Simons is not a player that the Thunder or the Cavs think is a guy that they can build around or even be a key part of their future, then it's going to be hard for the Blazers to reach out for those guys. Besides that, the market's really dry. Like I said, Jamal Crawford was the only other guy that's that's really out there that can make an impact right away. As far as trades go, there's a lot of guys locked up in contracts right now that are untradeable until either the deadline or the offseason. So the Blazers... They don't have many choices. Sitting at 4-8, and eight, they had to make a move right away, even if it's something that is desperate. So I'm hoping Carmelo Anthony can be a net positive for them this season because we want to see the Blazers be good. We want to see them in the playoffs again. Damian Lillard in the playoffs is a killer. C.J. McCollum, if he gets it going, if he's able to be consistent on a night-in, night-out basis, even two out of every three nights he's consistent, that's all they're going to need to be able to get themselves back into the playoff race and get into the playoffs. We picked them to be the one seed. Now, we didn't realize that they were going to be hampered by this many injuries, and we were also hoping that Hassan Whiteside was going to give a little bit more effort in his first season outside the Miami Heat. That's not the case. Hassan Whiteside, all he does is rebound the basketball, and then he's lazy and he complains. If you watch him on the court, he's talking trash to the other team when they're down by two points with a minute left. Damian Lillard's walking over to him trying to tell him like, hey, bro, calm down. Hassan Whiteside has spent more money on strippers than he has time in the gym preparing himself for basketball. So hopefully this is able to what's to to what what is able to help them unlock what they need to move forward. Hopefully Mario Hazonia is a lot better. And uh, I'm wishing the best for Carmelo Anthony. I won't be surprised if it's a failure and I also won't be surprised if it works. 35 years old, he's got a little bit left in the tank. Everybody's vouching for him. All his friends, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, they're all happy for him. Let's just be happy for the guy. I mean, he's back in the league. We've talked enough trash on him. His name has been slandered and drugged through the mud enough. I think it's time. Let's give him a chance. Let's see what he can do on the basketball court. And if he fails again, let's not remember him for these last two or three years that he played basketball. Everybody has to face the fact that father time eventually catches up to you it took him maybe it took him a little bit longer to face that fact um, but it doesn't ever it will never take away what he did with the Denver Nuggets it'll never take away what he did in a few years with the New York Knicks he was an amazing player at while he was in the league he was one of the best players in the NBA for a couple of seasons so let's never forget that he's most likely still going to be a Hall of Famer so let's see what he's got Speaking of the Knicks, let's talk about the New York Knicks a little bit. They're two and they were two and eight as of 
when this press conference that their front office, Steve Mills and uh, Scott Perry, uh, pr team president Steve Mills and general manager Scott Perry, decided to cancel the post-game press conference with the, which, with the players and coach and decided that they were going to run the post-game press conference for the media. Sitting at 2-8, and eight, just getting blown out by the Cleveland Cavaliers at home in Madison Square Garden. Sitting at 2-8, and eight, <laughs> Steve Mills said, We think the team is not performing to the level we anticipated or we expected to perform at, and that's something that we think collectively have to do a better job of delivering the product on the floor that we should, that we said we would do at the start of the season. I don't know what roster they were looking at. I don't know what history of basketball they've been looking at for the last 20 years with the New York Knicks, but they were the only two people in the world probably anticipating that they were going to be better than 2-8, and eight, them and their owner, James Dolan. So if they want to come down, they want to rain down on the coaches and players and say, hey, we want you to play better. What? Your roster is horrible. Everything you've built is horrible. The The best players on your team are Marcus Morris, who's a fourth, fifth, sixth best player on a good team. He's your best player right now. And then R.J. Barrett is the player of the future. He's he's played really well. He's, he's looked really good. But they've got guys like Frank Nilakina that they've been trying to use, and he's not that good. They also have Dennis Smith Jr., who they never use at all. And... Those are like the best guys they have on the team. I could go through the rest of the roster, but it's not going to mean anything to you. They're going to look like a 2-8 and eight type of team. So for them to come out and start blaming the players and say that we're not good as we anticipated, I just want to know what they anticipated. That's, that's all I want to know. I mean, if you're anticipating that they were going to be a high-effort team and and at least be competitive in losses that's fair you could say that oh we we think that the guys should be playing harder and we think that there should be a dedication to promoting a winning image yeah sure you'd like every team in the nba would, would like that but when your roster is built to where your best player is probably could be the fourth or fifth sixth best player on the opposing team you're going to get blown out most nights. Now, albeit, after the conference, they played against the Dallas Mavericks at home, against Porzingis, who they just traded away for not much. They beat the Dallas Mavericks, so congrats. You won a game, and your crowd went crazy. Marcus Morris hit a three-pointer to, to win the game, and everybody's happy for one day. But I just, I'm not sure what their thinking is going to happen or would have happened especially coming from this press conference i'm if i was david fisdale the head coach i would feel personally attacked i he said after yeah we would like to play better and yeah there's things that we've done that haven't been successful but mills and perry talked about us they need a sense of urgency they need to play better Fisdale fired back saying, I don't need to be told that there's a sense of urgency. I'm a head coach in the NBA. There's always a sense of urgency. I'm coaching for not only for the team, the organization, the fans. I'm coaching for myself too. You think he's, he wants to go out there and, and coach bad? 
and New York on Mad- in Madison Square Garden, he's not trying to coach bad. He's doing the best he can with the roster that he's given. So it'll be interesting to see where they move from here. I mean, it's not looking good. Every year there's something, a tumultuous story going on around the New York Knicks. And we're barely 11 games into the season. They already got a firestorm going on. And their PR, I'm sure, is already having to dump water on a fire. So until James Dolan sells the team, this is what's going to happen every single year. So James Dolan, if you want to kick me out, you want to tell me I can't go to the Madison Square Garden, I don't care. You need to be fired by from yourself. You need to sell a team, get rid of it. Nobody likes you as, the, as an NBA owner. It reminds me a lot of, uh, I was talking about this the other day, it reminds me a lot of Donald Sterling. When I'm reading articles and I'm listening to firsthand accounts of what type of person Donald Sterling was, he just craved that power. He loved being in charge of the LA Clippers and owning an NBA team, even though the team was terrible for his entire existence as an owner. James Dolan's ownership has been horrible. He's never made the right hires. He's always put the blame on everybody else. And now he's coming out and starting to ban fans for asking him to sell the team. If you're bad at your job and you're a billionaire, you better believe that people are going to tell you some not nice things. They want to watch the team play good. Madison Square Garden sells out every night. That team is worth, that franchise is worth about $4 billion. So if somebody's telling you, hey, sell the team, please, we want to win, you better listen. There's even a story the other night. Um, fans started chanting, um, Dolan, sell the team, Dolan, sell the team. And a group of fans got kicked out of the stadium by security for chanting, Dolan, sell the team. If that's the worst thing that you've heard in your life and you want to be offended by that, then that just tells more about you as a person and you as a man. Um, You're a billionaire and you're worried about what some fans are saying about you. So guess what? New York Knicks fans, I'm terribly sorry. I really do feel bad. I love your jerseys. Love the Madison Square Garden. Your owner's horrible. And your front office is horrible. And until James Dolan is able to see that, you're going to remain horrible. And I'm sure you already know that. And I'm sure everybody in New York and on your local radio and everything is saying that all the time. So I just wish you the best of luck. If you'd like, there's some other good teams that you could hop on the bandwagon now. The Dallas Mavericks look pretty good. I know you don't like Kristaps Porzingis, but Luka Doncic is pretty cool. I would start kissing his ass so that maybe he'll come to New York. Trey Young in Atlanta Hawks, another guy, kiss his ass every time he comes to Madison Square Garden. Sing to him, bring him cupcakes, whatever it takes. Just try to draw any young superstar to want to come play in New York. That's the best advice I can give you. It's not going to happen anytime soon, so good luck. All right, so that's all I got for today. Carmelo Anthony, wishing for the best for you and your possibly final last uh, season in the NBA. Hopefully, the Portland Trailblazers can turn it around, even if it's not on the back of Carmelo Anthony. Hopefully, they can turn it around anyways. They can get healthy. They can get into the playoffs, and if they're healthy, there's not a lot of teams in the Western Conference that can stop them. New York Knicks fans, I'm sorry. Good luck. James Dolan, sell the team.